At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 578th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who raises Coternic's quail and sells their eggs. We're talking with Zach Green about running a quail farm. Zach is a former multi-store restaurant manager turned homesteader that specializes in Coternic's quail. His family has been switching over to self-sufficiency over the past 10 years through gardening, canning, raising animals, and more. His quail journey led him to 5,000 birds and a self-started company that now ships a half a million hatching eggs a year. Wow. Welcome to the show today, Zach. Are you ready to rock quail eggs? Absolutely. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Yeah, unfortunately, I can't take too much credit. Mainly my wife that did all this. I grew up in a Dayton area, so it was, you know, a suburban area. Uh Uh, We never had any animals growing up. We didn't farm. We didn't have a garden. We, I mean, that's just not how my family operated. But Jenna's always been very interested in being self-sufficient. And so we moved to the farm about 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, we just, we had a plan. And the plan was, let's get to the farm. Let's become a little self-sufficient. Let's find something that will provide us financially where we can do on the farm. And uh, let's just keep moving. And that's kind of where we're at now. Wow. And so you went, you you started when we first got on the phone by telling me that you went from a dozen quail to 5,000. Tell me about that journey. (laughs) Well, when we got here, we decided to raise meat chickens. So Jenna would order, you know, the chicks from a hatchery. Mm -hmm. We would raise them up and then, you know, we would butcher and we we felt pretty good about it, you know, raising our own meat. But it really wasn't self-sufficient. Because obviously the meat hybrid chickens, you know, won't won't live long enough to start laying their own eggs. Right. So we really wanted to be a little bit more self-sufficient. So she did some research and uh, she got some bobwhite quail. She got some caternix quail and she got some chuckers. And uh, within, I don't know, maybe a month or two, we were just absolutely in love with the caternix quail, how they made us feel as far as being more self-sufficient because you can breed generation to generation to generation. And, you know, they're, they're so fast growing that the egg production and the meat was just instant gratification. And we just never looked back. So she got 12 live birds from Craigslist actually. Right. And, and then what we just never stopped. We just kept growing and then we had some extra eggs. And so she posted 
you know, we had some eggs for sale and then uh, they just kept buying and kept buying. And so we decided to increase the number of quail we had. And now we're at 5,000 and uh, we're growing about another 500 and then we are done. No more. That's it. (laughs) How long do they live for? The average production standpoint, as far as laying eggs, is about two years. But the great thing about them is, you know, you put them in the incubator and, you know, they hatch. So that baby chick on day one will start laying eggs at six weeks old. Oh, wow. And they don't have, yeah, they don't have a laying season. Uh, So they lay about 300 eggs a year starting at six weeks old. And they'll be just as productive for about two years straight before they start decreasing in production. I kind of explain it to people that don't know what quail are, is it's kind of a miniature chicken. So a standard quail is about nine ounces, you know, so it fits in the palm of your hand. Mm -hmm. You know, and we have jumbos, you know, that are specifically bred for meat and eggs. And they get about 14 ounces on average uh, at full maturity. But at full maturity is only 10 weeks old. So it's not that long wow. and they're just so healthy for you. We love everything about them. Wow. And so what does a quail egg taste like? Like a chicken egg. It's about, I don't know, a little, little around a third of the size of a chicken egg. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the store and you buy, you know, chicken eggs to, to cook with, you know, they're just kind of plain Jane white. But these quail eggs are speckled brown and black speckles and they every egg is a little bit more unique every every egg's a little bit different uh, which is really cool and they are so much healthier for you than chicken eggs we have quite a bit of customers that are allergic to chicken eggs but most likely you're not allergic to, to quail eggs the protein in them i mean there's so many benefits i know a lot of people raise them uh, my customers raise them for the health benefits you know uh, it helps with diabetes it helps with IBS I mean, it just helps with so many different things. Wow. And and you're sh- actually shipping a half a million eggs a year. Who do you ship a half a million eggs a year to? Anyone, <laughs> which is another great part of Caternix Quail. Uh, so we ship to all 50 states. We are what's called MPIP. So it's a, a program by each state, and they come out twice a year and inspect our facility and, you know, test our, our quail for diseases and things like that. And then they get, give us permission to ship fertilized eggs or live quail all over the U.S. So we've shipped to all 50 states. We've shipped to Hong Kong. We've shipped to Australia. We've shipped to Canada and the U.K. I mean, Trinidad and Tobago. So it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, we, we ship all over the U.S. And it's, it's pretty much everybody. I mean, I have customers that have, you know, a 500-acre farm and they raise Caternix quail. We have people that live in apartments and, you know, put them in their, in their spare bedroom uh, and raise them there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we started our business, you know, obviously the first 12 quail we got was not for a business. It was for us being a little bit more self-sufficient. And when we started, we just started in our garage, just bought a rabbit hutch on Craigslist for like 20 bucks and uh, put them in there. And, you know, it's grown into this massive operation. So being somebody... Congratulations, by the way. And being somebody that has had many businesses, I've had in excess of 30 businesses in my life. I started my first one in 1974 at the age of 15 years old. I know what it takes to scale up. And some some of my businesses lasted, I'd say, a sneeze. And I've had a couple that are well over 20 years now. 
that I've run. And I know what it takes to scale up. And buying 12 quail hens and moving to 5,000, that's a scaling issue. How did you go about scaling up? I'm a really big believer that it is slow and steady wins the race. So my, I mean, we, we just built a brand new quail barn just for our quail that will fit about 5,500 quail. And that's about as many as I want to take care of. Mm-hmm. I, I think the demand is larger than that, but we can have more quail breeders than just me. <laughs> you right. know? So that, that's about as far as I want to get. But it was always, we took the safe approach. So it took a lot longer to get where we knew we could be, but we took the safe route to get there for the first, I don't know, five years of the business. I worked full-time somewhere else and Jenna worked full-time on the business. And then about a year before we decided that I was going to make it full-time, I kind of went part-time. And, you know, so we just took every step of the way a little bit small. So when the demand, when we didn't have enough eggs for the demand that we had, we would wait about a, a month or two to make sure that it was consistent. And then when we would increase. And then when that was, you know, again, we needed to increase, we would wait and make sure that it was consistent. So slow and steady. Has, has been the race here. We've we've taken our time and done things on purpose. Nice. Congratulations. Well, and I, I commented before we started recording, as a former multi-store restaurant manager, you know about scale. Yes. And scaling up, and that's really important. Congratulations, man. Thank you. So if I'm driving up the driveway to your farm, what am I seeing? What do, what do I see? Well, we are about 20 minutes from a main city, so we're kind of out of the way, but we're close enough where... We can get where we need to go. But once you turn into our driveway, we've got about a quarter of a mile driveway. And uh, it's a wooded area on the way back. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you get up, uh, we have a little pasture uh, that has Angus cows. We've got miniature donkeys. We've got uh, fainting goats. We've got emus. We've got cooney cooney pigs. Wow. Uh, We've got rabbits and chickens. We've got geese and ducks. And uh, peacocks, and I'm probably forgetting. Oh my gosh! My my wife. Go ahead. I was going to say, is there any you don't have? Let's go with that list. (laughs) Well, my wife still has a list to get. My wife and the kids—they're animal lovers for sure. So all that stuff is mainly for us. Obviously, the Angus cows are for us for consumption, and the Cooney Cooney pigs are are for consumption and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the emus and the goats and the donkeys, they're just for fun. The peacocks are just for fun. But, uh, you know, we, we try to be as self-sufficient as possible, but we want to have a fun place. You know, this, this where we live is not just our home and not just our business. It's our, you know, it's our paradise. You know, this is, this is what we want. So you, you'll see a lot of stuff <laughs> when you come back. Wow, nice. And where are you located? We're in Miamisburg, Ohio, which is pretty much Dayton, Ohio. We're about 40 miles north of Cincinnati. Hmm. Excellent. So it's you and your wife. Do you have people help you with 5,000 quail? Uh, I've got one full-time employee that lives here on the farm. Oh, nice. Nice. So the three of you do all manage all of that. Well, the kids have chores. <laughs> oh, nice. But yeah. I really take a lot of pride in having a family-owned and operated business. And once we built this new quail barn, I knew that it would be 20 hours a day, every day, for the rest of my life if I didn't get some help. And, you know, my wife homeschools. 
and uh, we've got five kids and, uh, you know, she can't, I mean, everybody's got so much to do, plus everything else that we have on the farm. So I decided to bring in actually one of my previous customers, my former customers, uh, lived in Indiana and he would come over here almost every weekend just to help out, hang out. Uh And uh, we became really good friends. And about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I called him and I said, hey, how about you just move here? You know, <laughs> let's do this together. Nice. And uh, he's part of the family now. Oh, excellent. How cool is that? So what's the difference between raising quail and raising chickens? Well, George, which is the, the person that moved here to help me, he loves chickens. And mm-hmm. he raises all types of different types of chickens. Well, the only chickens that we had were the meat chickens that we bought from the hatchery. Mm-hmm. So I can't stand them. Well, he's got different types. They're not so bad, <laughs> but I'm still prejudiced with the Caternix quail because, like I said, you know, if you get chickens, you're waiting six months. You're raising this chicken for six months before you start getting any production out of it. Yep. Quail, they've been laying for <laughs> six months, pretty much, you know? Yeah. So just the fast turnaround, uh, like I said, they're kind of miniature chickens, so you don't need a lot of space to house very many. And the, you know, the eggs and the meat are so healthy for the family. And, you know, it's just, it's a perfect way to start your self-sufficiency. I don't think that quail should or can be your only source of self-sufficiency, but it's an amazing start and it's an amazing way to get the whole family on board with it. Right. Wow. Wow. So you have a YouTube channel. Tell me about that. We do. It's My Shire Farm on YouTube, and we try to encourage enthuse, educate, and inspire people to become more self-sufficient. Most of the videos on there are about raising quail and helping them on their journey uh, with self-sufficiency in that way. But, you know, we do a live a live video every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's on a live Q&A. So most, yeah, I would say a majority of my customers pretty much live in a suburban area. They don't have a lot of room most of them don't have a lot of experience with raising anything or being self-sufficient in any way. And so, you know, we just get on there and we talk about, you know, self-sufficiency and how to raise them and if they have questions. And, you know, we do some giveaways on there and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, we, we try to encourage and educate as much as possible because if you're educated on the matter, then you're more confident and more comfortable and uh, if we can make people a little bit more confident in being self-sufficient, then uh, we've done our job. Oh, absolutely. Good on the education. Everything we do here at the Urban Farm revolves around education, so I hear you on that. For somebody who's a vegetarian and doesn't eat the meat, is it are, are quail something that uh, can just give you eggs and you're good to go there? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a running joke on our YouTube live video we do every week that I kind of say that Caternics are kind of like the Bubba Gump shrimp from Forrest Gump. Uh There's just so many ways that you can utilize them. You know, we have customers for raw dog food for our extra males that we don't need. You know, we sell eating eggs. We sell hatching eggs. We sell chicks. I know a, a, a handful of my customers that live all over the U.S. will order hatching eggs from us. They'll hatch them out, and then they'll sell them for quite a bit of a profit on day one, and then they're not raising any. No. Um, but they're still, you know, making a little side business. Yeah. We sell adults, and we ship adults all over the U.S. 
for, you know, starter sets and things like that. I would say our biggest is uh, Falconers as far as our extra males go, you know, because everything has got to eat, you know, life oh, yeah. is a cycle yep. and dog training. And in Asia, quail eggs are a delicacy. So we've got an Asian market in Cincinnati and oh my gosh, I could just sell every egg to them if I wanted to, yeah. but I like to spread, spread the eggs out everywhere, yeah. but uh, they absolutely love them. And it's turned out, we didn't know this when we started, but the manure from, from quail is probably the best, if not the best for putting on your garden because it's so acidic. So, I mean, it's perfect for gardening as well. Uh-huh. Wow. So that's an, are are you just using it or is that something you sell as well? We don't sell that. We use it for ourselves. We're considering maybe doing something with it, but that's a whole different business and Oh yeah. I'm still trying to to get all this in order. Yeah. Wow. So I hear that you had an epic moment with one of your patrons in Puerto Rico. Tell me about that. Yeah. So like I said, we do our YouTube channel and, and I'm pretty active on Facebook and things like that. I try to do as much social media out as possible. Mm -hmm. But on our YouTube videos, a man from Puerto Rico was watching and listening. And and we have a YouTube video about how to make your own quail cage and, you know, the hatching process and what I need to know about quail getting started and things like that. And he decided to start making his own cages. And he had called me, I guess this was about six months ago. And he said, hi, I'm really sorry. Do you have just a few minutes to talk? And I said, sure. And he said, I just want you to know, I know it sounds weird, but you completely changed my life. Mm, And I said, in the good or bad way, because I'm sorry if I don't know what I did. And he said, no, you really inspired me to really do something that I really love. And I love working with my hands. And I've always worked jobs because I had to. And so we started making the cages that you did on your YouTube video, and we got some quail. And now we have our own business. My kids are involved. They're partial owners. And so now I get to stay home and be with my kids. And I've never been happier. And I just just want to thank you so much. And uh, I would say that's been the biggest epic moment so far in our journey. There is self-sufficiency at its best. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations, man. That's uh, that's huge. Yeah. And I really believe that self-sufficiency is not just taking care of yourself or eating healthy or raising your own meat or, or vegetables or whatever. It, it's a mindset. It's a fulfillment that you get. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there, there's pride in knowing that, you know, I'm doing something for me. I'm doing something for my family. And uh, so that story and and many others are just, it makes me very happy and very motivated to do more. Nice. Congratulations. Plus, you get to work on your farm at home with your family every day. How cool is that? Absolutely. Quail are kid-friendly, I hear. Tell me about that. We are very motivated on the next generation. So I've got two quick stories. I, I won't try to bore you, but The first is every month, every month, we do a giveaway on our YouTube channel, and it is for 60 free MyShire eggs and a Wynola Ranch cage. And Wynola Ranch is a company based out of uh, Texas, I believe. I think they have a Texas and a California plant, and they specialize in quail cages. So we do a giveaway every month for 18 and under contests. And wow. what they do is anyone that's eight, yeah, anyone that's 18 and under will email myself or Jenna and let us know why they want to raise quail and what they want to do with it. 
And this has just blown up. Uh, and it has really, really gotten a lot of 18 and under kids very interested in self-sufficiency, responsibility, and entrepreneur skills. And I think it's absolutely fantastic that all these kids are very, very interested in it. We probably get, on average, between my email and Jenna's, about 70 to 100 different Request entries month? every month. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just, it's, it's very rewarding. And I'll get emails, even on the kids that didn't win, I'll get emails from parents saying, you know, I'm going to buy them all this stuff just because I'm so happy that they're getting off their electronics and their TV. <laughs> right. They want to do something, you know. There's that story. The second story is I cannot count how many emails, texts, phone calls that I've gotten from parents that have just been so excited because, you know, I think it keeps Quail keeps the attention of kids because the lifespan is so fast, mm -hmm. you know, so if you order eggs, you know, the kids are looking into the incubator and, you know, they're building anticipation for these to hatch and then they do hatch and, you know, chicks are so cute and, and then in just six weeks, they're collecting the eggs and they feel so happy and, you know, they, they kind of double as pets. So I, I can't express to you how many people have reached out and said, you know, this has really brought our family closer. This is something that they're interested in. It's not a lot of work, but very rewarding. And that's something that I absolutely love about this is it's a whole family experience. And I've had, dare I say, thousands uh, of contacts just saying that, you know, it's, it's just it's something that their whole family does together. So it's very re rewarding. Wow. Congratulations, man. That's got to make you feel really good. It really does. Absolutely. Cool. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you learned from it. We've adapted a mindset here that not only is failure not an option, but failure doesn't exist. The reason I say that is because everything is a lesson, whether it's a failure or a success, whether it turns out the way you thought it was going to, or it turned out the opposite. It doesn't matter. If you learn something from it, then it just makes you better for the future. Now, with that being said, I'm going to give you the worst quote-unquote failure we've ever had as far as being self-sufficient and, and our business. But about five years ago, I would say, it started to be around November, and you know we were raising our, our quail for the next generation and hatching out a ton of chicks. And we were putting about 100 chicks in each brooder. And about 80 to 90 percent were dying off within one or two days. Oh, my God. And we've been raising quail. Yeah, we've been raising quail for a couple of years. And we went, oh, my, what is going on? And, you know, we tried everything under the sun. Finally, we called our, our inspector, you know, our MPIP guy. And, and we said, look, we, we need you to come out. You know, we, we can't figure this out. And it, it's really it's driving us crazy. So they were kind enough that they came out. They asked us to keep a couple, and they did an autopsy. And they said, well, the chick is starving itself to death. And we said, what? what? There's plenty of food. There's plenty of water. What are you talking about? And she said, well, let me look at the brooder. So, you know, we opened up the brooder, and she goes, aha, is this how you keep the whole setup? You know, because a brooder is pretty much just a box with, you know, a heat source, you know, some feed and, and, and some water. And that's that's all you need. And we said, yeah. And she said, okay, well, it's cold and your 
feed and water are too far away from the heat source. And if they move, they're going to get cold, so they don't move. And then they get weak, and then they can't. And we were like, so they're just, they're not eating? She said, no. She said, move the feed six inches closer. So we did. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All of a sudden, we maybe lost one or two out of every hundred going forward. Mm -hmm. And we went, oh, my gosh. I mean, looking back, it's the simplest thing in the world. But it's just we weren't adapting and we weren't realizing the the situation that we were in. You know, when it's summer, you know, it's going to be warmer and they're going to be more active. When it's dead of winter, when it's starting to get cold out, we got to adapt to that. Everything's got to change a little bit. So we went through a really bad failure there, but we learned so much about it. It's probably one of our best successes because we just became so much better at raising them. Yeah. Wow. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. What do you consider your biggest success? I would say that I'm fulfilled. I've been working full-time, 40 hours plus, since I was 15 years old. I guess what you would consider a workaholic. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Uh, My mother is a workaholic. My grandparents were workaholics. It's just, it's in my DNA. And, uh, you know, I was a a multi-store manager. And, uh, you know, I would just travel around and I would work 16, 18 hours a day. And, and that's just what I knew. And that's, you know, I had to provide for my family. And then something changed about 10 years ago. And I, I just decided that, you know, I want to, I want to provide for my family and I want to take care of them, but I want to be there. And I wasn't. So we moved to the farm and we came with a plan that one way or the other, I'm going to be home more. And uh, so the greatest success is not the 5,000 quail or the half a million eggs a year or starting our own business. All that is great. But I get to have lunch with my kids. I get to have dinner with my family. I get to have date night with my wife. Hmm. And, and I never did that before. Right. So I, I, the first time in my life, I feel fulfilled. That's huge. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Yeah. What drives you? Well, I think that that's kind of a three-part answer. Obviously, you know, I'm a workaholic and I've been working since I was 15 and, you know, providing for my family and myself, that that drives me. Money, finances drive me. But the older I've gotten, being home, you know, kind of like what I just talked about, I just, it, it drove me, it motivated me to, to step out of my comfort zone and, and try new things. And, and, you know, I just, I wanted to take care of my family, but I wanted to not miss out on what was going on in my family either. And in the past couple of years, it's kind of transitioning again. And that is, you know, like the epic story I was talking about, about, you know, inspiring someone else and, and bringing families close together. I know it sounds crazy. You know, we're talking about quail, we're talking about paternics, but it's the way that we're doing it is really what drives me because that motivates and, and encourages other people to do things. And that really drives me, that makes me want to do even more and spread the word even more that, you know, you can start your own business. You can be fulfilled. You, you don't have to be stuck in, you know, the mundane day in, day out thing. You're in control of your own destiny. And as we know, you know, there's all kinds of crazy in the world going on every day, it seems like. But either that can either control you or you can control it. And you can say, listen, I'm in control and I'm going to do my part for myself. Yeah. So 
Wow. That, uh, that really motivates me now. This is one of the big reasons that I started doing this podcast was to give people pictures of something other than sitting behind a desk that you don't like. Sure, sure. So, and if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Well, it has nothing to do with quail, but it is by T.D. Jakes and it's called Soar. It's an absolutely fantastic fantastic read. It's about entrepreneurship and, you know, learning life lessons as you go mm-hmm. and self-realization. You know, what are you good at? What are you bad at? And, you know, improve on what you can improve on and appreciate what you're already naturally good at. So it's really, you know, it's very factual. It's historical. It talks about the Wright brothers and their journey to fly. And it's just, it's a fantastic book. It's very motivational factual, educational, and, you know, it all involve, all revolves around becoming your own entrepreneur, becoming your own master of what's going on in your life. Nice. What one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? You know, I would just say keep moving. You know, no matter what is going on in life or in the world or in your surroundings, there's always an option. And I know that A lot of people feel that, you know, they're just kind of stuck and it's just in your mind. And if you just keep moving forward, I'm a big believer that you do things on paper, on purpose. And, uh, you know, you you make a plan and everything you do needs to revolve around, is this getting me closer to what would make me happy? And uh, it's all about the journey, you know? So enjoy the bad as much as you can, because through the quote unquote failures, that's when you learn the most. That's when you become who you're supposed to become, uh, if you can embrace that. So just keep moving forward and, and take some risks when need be. And and no one is going to make you fulfilled unless you do your part. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And thanks for joining us on the show today, Zach. Thank you. It, it was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. You bet. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Well, we are pretty active on the social medias. We've got our Instagram and our Facebook, which is My Shire Farm. Uh, we've got our YouTube channel, which is My Shire Farm. Uh, and obviously, we've got our website that also has uh, some, some blogs on there, some reading material. And that is www.myshirefarm.com. Uh, and I'm, I'm very transparent, so you can always feel free to give me a call or a text. And that is at 937-760-7282. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash my Shire Farm. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. 
Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.